Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything that you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that's going to effortless unite your in-person and online sales into just one source of truth. You're going to be able to track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. You could connect with customers inline and online. And Shopify, it's going to help you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns. So we're talking about TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or you can use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for battle tested solutions. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. I say do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash headspace. That's all lowercase. So you're going to go to shopify.com slash headspace to take your retail business to the next level today. I'm going to say it one more time. Shopify.com slash headspace. So there are scientific studies out there that have proven that with consistent meditation practice, consistent mindfulness meditation practice, that your pain sensitivity actually decreases. Have you ever wished you had a wise meditation teacher on speed dial? Someone you can call after a long day. Someone you could lean on for their advice. Someone to listen and help you to see things differently. Welcome to Dear Headspace. Hello, everyone. Here we are with another episode of Dear Headspace, a podcast where I sit down with one of our meditation teachers and we answer your questions about life, love, and everything in between. I'm Robin Hopkins, and in this episode, it's me and Kesunga. Great to be back with you, Robin. It is so good <laughs> to be with you. You know how I love it. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun. It's always so insightful. And it's wild because I always take something away also. Well, so listen, I've got a treat for you today. Oh, okay, okay. I like treats. Okay, what you got? What you got, Robin? Well, I know that you often use rapid-fire questions in your interviews, and in the spirit of getting to know our teachers a little bit more today, we decided we're going to flip the script on you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All okay. Right. Are I you ready for it. some rapid fire questions? I am down. I okay. am down. All right. Here we go. What hobby would you get into if time and money weren't an issue? Um, visiting and exploring every single beach <gasps> on the planet. Oh, my God. I love that. Okay, what question would you most like to know the answer to? Jeez. Um, what happens after we die? Yeah, that's that's that that's funny. That's mine too. Okay, that's all right. Okay, yeah, yeah, because it's just it's the it's got to be one of the biggest questions of, of our of our life. Yeah, absolutely. Whew, okay, 
Who inspires you to be better? Um, what pops into my head right away is my father. Oh, my father's so work nice. ethic and integrity is like second to none. Mm. Especially because I know where he came from. Yeah, you know, I know I know his background from being an immigrant and all of the ridiculous adventures that he's been through. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, now this question we are asking to all the teachers. Okay, all right. If you had one wish that's not for the betterment of humanity, but for the betterment of Kisunga, what would it be? And Okay, again, I'm saying what, what pops into my head right away first is for me to somehow obtain and possess the superpowers that I wish for. Oh, okay. But now you have to say what's your superpower that you would want. Teleportation. Shut up, Kesunga. That's my superpower. <laughs> That's the one I'm always like, everyone always chooses flying. And I'm like, why no. would you choose that when you could just be like, and mine was be attached to blinking. And yeah. I'd be like, I'm on the Caribbean, on the beach in the Caribbean for lunch. Boom. And I'm back in my office. Boom. Teleportation. <laughs> and I go back and forth with immortality. Mm. I, I, I go back and forth with that, you know. Okay. My last and final question to you. In right. honor of some of our questions today, we are because we're talking about dealing with pain. What's the most physical pain that you have ever been in? Okay. The most physical pain. Right away I have to say. So I'm I'm really big in tattoos. Uh, you know, I have a few tattoos. Oh, I did not um, know this. Yeah. So my left lower leg is completely covered. Oh. I have a, yeah, I have a, I have a sleeve. And that, whew. yeah, because that's near bone. Like that is that sounds. And I have yeah, it's like a it's like a shin also, yeah. like a shin piece involved. Oh, yeah, Robin, when I say that that pain was excruciating, <laughs> it was if if it wasn't for the um, emotional and spiritual attachment that I had for the tattoo, then I, I couldn't have gotten through with it. And I did it yeah. in one sitting. Oh, my God. I think it was like maybe like six, seven hours. Holy You know, not, not at one time. Like, you know, we took breaks, you know. But because I, I, I knew if I left, I was going to come back. Oh, I love it. Well, <laughs> mission accomplished. Getting to know Kisunga, check. <laughs> so Love it. Well, now we're going to move on to our listener questions. And I am telling you today, we have some really important questions about dealing with a controlling parent, navigating judgment from others when you are sick, and how to use mindfulness to deal with pain. So I am super excited to hear these questions. And here is our first one from Candace. Hi, this is Candace from Portland, Oregon. And my question um, revolves around, um, so I had a traumatic childhood, especially with my mom being really controlling, and it's definitely played a role on me now as an adult. Um, I have always struggled with having compassion and confidence within myself, and I'm always looking for it from friends, which has... Um, made it difficult to just like be confident with myself relying on others for that and my question is do you have any tips to alleviate that or to um, help me strengthen my own compassion for myself I've been meditating for about six years now and I'm still struggling with it so if there's anything you can do to 
help me deal with this. I would really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. This kind of just speaks to a theory that all of the issues (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we deal with as adults, you know, just kind of coming out of the psychodynamic approach, (laughs) it stems from our childhood experiences. Yeah. You know, we it doesn't just disappear when we become adults. It doesn't magically disappear. We hold on to these traumas. Yep. And it affects how we move through life. So, you know, Candace, I just want to say first and foremost, just thank you for um, stepping into this space of vulnerability and asking this question. I know it's not always easy to, to, to be this vulnerable. So, so thank you for that. Secondly, I think it's fantastic that you have this knowledge of why you are experiencing what you're experiencing. You know, I heard you say um, some low self-esteem, if you will, or some um, dealing with decreased levels of self-compassion. You know, oftentimes we go through life and, and we don't know why we behave in certain ways. Yeah. You know, we don't know why we make certain choices. But what I'm hearing from you, Candace, is that you do know why. Yeah. You know that it's stemming from this trauma that you've experienced um, as a child. But it also sounds like, you know, you have this knowledge and at the same time, you're also creating some stories mm. as to what's going on. And and and, and that's so common. That, that's just kind of... <laughs> how we how we behave oftentimes as as humans um what i would encourage you to to try on is what, what i call like like a full stop right and so what what do i mean by this so you are aware that you're behaving in a certain way it might have ill effects on whatever the situation might be right and so then you say okay i know that i'm behaving in the space of low self esteem um, low self-compassion. And I know it's because of my situation with my mother and what have you. But then it seems like you are then shifting into the storytelling. Like what you make it mean. Right. And so what I would encourage you to do right there, full stop. Mm. Just even if you need to have like a, you know, I, I sometimes use my hand, like the stop sign. Like stop. Yeah. Just pause. Because now you're getting into a space of falsehood, right? So you you state what's true. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I'm feeling, low self-esteem, low self-compassion, what have you. I know it's because of this, that, and the other with my mother. Full stop. Because that, that is what's true. That's what's happening. Once you recognize that you're now starting to create stories that may or may not be true, that's where, you know, the, the awareness of that, has to allow you to just pause for a moment. Well, can I ask you a question about this? Yeah. Just so I make sure I'm hearing it right. So like, mm. let's let's just say, I'm making up this example. Let, let's just say I say, uh, my mother used to hit me as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My full stop is there because that's the fact. But like, if I move on and I then say, and because of that, I am afraid of intimacy. I'm afraid of relationships. Is that like, and that's the part that's the story? Um, like, it, what's hard for me to pull apart in this is mm-hmm. that 
I do feel like there are those connections of like, you know, I may be much more likely not to want to let someone in because that happened. So I'm trying to figure out how you find out where the stop point is. For sure. Um, so with, with Candace, what I'm hearing from her is that she's aware that her mother was controlling, what have you. Mm-hmm. Because my mother was controlling, I know that I have issues with my self-esteem. I have issues with self-compassion. And so from there, it might move into a space of I'm a terrible person or something's wrong with me because I can't show compassion to my friends or my friends don't like me. Um, what's wrong with me? Um, I can't make friends. So now you're, you're, you're starting to create um, stories based on, on... On what happened. Yeah. Right. So it's it's like when you start to say the limitations or the, the things that you can't do or the things that are, you know, like that's when Right, you, that when negative you, self-talk, yeah. that self-deprecating negative talk that you that we often do beating up beating ourselves up. Yeah. And I mean and this and what I do here is great that, you know, I think Candace mentioned she mentioned that she's been meditating for 6 years. 6 years, yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's 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 awesome. So I would be curious what her meditation practice looks like mm-hmm. because the 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 meditation practice doesn't automatically mean that everything is going to be perfectly okay right away. You know, so I would encourage you, Candace, keep on practicing, keep on moving forward with your practice. There's no timeline, right? There's no fixed timeline to perfection, if you will, that you're looking for. And speaking of perfection, it sounds like there's some expectations that you yeah, are bringing yeah. to your practice. So being aware of that also. I would make the assumption also that hand in hand with the practice, maybe some healing work, you know, like seeing a therapist if that's available to you or group therapy or, you know, something or journaling, like just some some mm. healing work too. Absolutely. I, I would definitely recommend um, seeking out some professional help as in the form of psychotherapy or counseling. And you know what I would really honestly recommend? is a retreat. Oh, yeah. A silent retreat, I think, would be really powerful. Because with a silent retreat, you take all distractions away mm-hmm. as far as, you know, technology, even reading, yeah, um, writing, right? It's really just you with you. Yeah. If you haven't done a silent retreat before, maybe starting out with a three-day I think would, would would go a long way for you, Candace. And 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 again, even even if you decide to participate in this kind of retreat, allowing yourself to shed any mm-hmm. expectations and really, um, just as with your practice, you've been practicing for six years. Just as with your practice, just seeing what happens. Yeah. That that gentle and kind curiosity. Mm, excellent, excellent advice, Kisunga. And thank you again, Candace, for your question. That was that was really wonderful. And, and good luck. Absolutely. Thank you, Candace. Okay, here is our next question. Dear Headspace, this is Clemens from Germany. I'm in my late 20s and would describe myself as a cheerful, interested and dedicated person. But since a few years, my physical and mental health got more into focus. I had to deal with anxiety and stress, but I made good progress about it. What still throws me off though is that I get sick quite often and have to stop working for a week or two. In the last three months, for example, I had to stay at home for a total of four weeks 
and couldn't work or meet friends as I had a flu and a sinusitis. This frustrates me so much as I really enjoy working and being active, but also regarding how much I invest into my well-being with sports, good food, meditation, enough sleep or checking with doctors if necessary. I simply don't see a reason why I should be more sick than others and feel like everyone is judging me for being sick again. I even get comments about it from time to time. So how can I learn to accept the state and not get too frustrated about it? Thank you very much. Best wishes, Clemens. Oh, thank you, Clemens. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Clemens. And this, this, is, a, this is a great question and similar sentiment to, to our previous question. Mm-hmm. You know, the umbrella of mindfulness, I often say, is, is awareness. Mm-hmm. All right? And that's what I'm hearing a lot of with, yeah. with, with Clemens. Just, just a, a, a ton of awareness. He's in tune with what's happening with him moment by moment. Yeah. I mean, how many times did he mention um, acceptance? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and uh, even like, and being kind to himself. Yeah. So you know, don't don't you know the answers are there for you, Clemens. But I think this is also a, a clear, clear case of it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Right. We could have all of the answers in the world. You know, how can I practice acceptance? Mm-hmm. How can I just um, be present. And, and so we have the knowledge. It's just like um, exercising, right? Yeah. We have the knowledge. <laughs> I but... <laughs> sure do. <laughs> but do I always make it to the gym? <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> this is a clear case of easier said than done. And so... Because there's also a lot of judgment in this question, too. What, He's like yes. fear of judgment from others, which I really get. Like that's... It's hard it's so not common. to worry what people think about you. Especially when he's heard it. Yes. That's what, you know, I heard, I, I, that's what pinged for me. I heard him say he's even heard it from some of his friends. So how do you let go of these stories that you create in your mind when they are reinforced? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> when they're reinforced by... Because society, especially, I mean, I, I think he said he's in Germany, uh, but I yeah. mean, in, in the U.S., there's a real, like, you better pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You better, like, mm-hmm. show up to work. And only around COVID and a few years prior to that were people like, oh, don't come in. You're going to get me sick. But prior to that, it was like you powered through. Yeah. And, and so I don't know how you don't pick up judgment from that. I think it boils down to choices, right? It, it boils down to the, the choices that you make. So he's aware of the, of the stories that he's that he's creating. Mm-hmm. He's aware of mm-hmm. the narratives that that are flowing through his mind. And in some instances, how they're getting reinforced by quote unquote friends, right? So in this case, I would say, Clemens, you have a choice. You have a choice on which narrative you want to follow. Because what I also heard him say at the very beginning is, I'm a very cheerful person. I'm a very interesting and dedicated person. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. Right. So he has this image of himself in a positive light. Yeah. But it sounds like he's choosing to focus on this negative narrative mm-hmm. as a result of, you know, the frequent sickness and what have you that he's experiencing. So what I would encourage you to do, Clemens, is choose to lean on that narrative 
of positivity. Yeah. Of your cheerfulness. Focus on the cheerful characteristics. Focus on the fact that you are an interesting person. What makes you interesting? Yeah. You know, you mentioned that you were, you're a dedicated person. Okay, let's dig into that more. Focus yeah. on that more um, versus just focusing on the negative. I wonder if during this time, especially when he's sick, mm-hmm. if he wouldn't benefit from either meditation um, that's centered around this or journaling affirmations so that he can remind himself exactly who he is and who he knows himself to be outside of what he thinks other people think of him. Yeah. Because I I know that when I do affirmations, like the first time it's like, I believe, I believe, it's silly, but I believe. But then by <laughs> the 10th right, one, I'm right. like, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, yeah, I am that, you know, it's the more that I get into that space, I start to remind myself of all the things that, that match up to what I believe versus what I think other people think of me. Yeah, I, I love that, Robin. It sounds like he's there, right? He's he's yeah. at the point where he knows that about himself. Yeah. I know that I'm interesting. I know that I'm dedicated. I know that I'm cheerful. But. However, so-and-so said this to me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I, um, I, I would definitely recommend that for sure. That, that's, well, a, and, that's a great suggestion. And, you know, I also, I think oftentimes that when someone is judging you, it's not about you. It's about them. Yeah. I want to mention his practice, mm-hmm. you know, and encourage him um, to, to keep on practicing. You know, I know in, in times of difficulty, it may be um, that much harder to, to lean on your practice because we have this idea in our minds that because we practice, it's supposed to be a certain yeah. way. Yeah. So, again, letting go of those expectations because those expectations is what can really um, hinder what's going on with you. So with practice, I use the analogy oftentimes of brushing your teeth, right? Because I often say mindfulness and meditation is not just a, not just exercises and techniques you use when you're feeling stressed. Yep. It's um, it's a lifestyle shift, right? So you wouldn't, you know, you, no matter how angry or sad you are, you always brush your teeth, right? Yep. You don't just brush your teeth one time and then expect. Your teeth <laughs> My to teeth be, are good. <laughs> right. Your teeth are fully healthy forever. So it's the same thing with, with, with mindfulness and meditation. It's not a, a one-shot deal type of thing. It's not a 10-month deal type of yeah. thing. We really do, as humans, have this idea that we want to just be fixed. Yeah. It's like I want to go to a repairman um, slash therapist, and I want them to tell me the five things that I need to do, and I want to be fixed, mm-hmm. and then I want to go on into and happily ever after. Right. This is a lifestyle. Yeah. Just like, you know, we mentioned exercise, exercise and dieting before. Yeah. You know, you get yourself in that tip-top shape that you desire, and, you know, it's not like you can just now eat whatever you want. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lifestyle. It's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a complete shift. So, and also, I am curious um, if, you know, seeking out professional help would be good for yeah. you also, Clemens. Oh, ditto. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Hi, friends. Robin here. Okay, I've got a scenario for you. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system that you can trust or is it a a real POS? Look, you need Shopify for retail because Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store, okay? It's going to accept payments. It's going to manage your inventory. Shopify has everything that you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that's going to effortlessly 
unite your in-person and online sales into just one source of truth. So that means you could track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Seems kind of important, huh? You're going to be able to connect with your customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools that are built for marketing campaigns at places like TikTok or Instagram. Even beyond that, you're going to get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or you can use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle tested solution. Plus, my friends, Shopify's award-winning help, it's there to support your success every step of the way. I say you should do retail right with Shopify. So you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash headspace. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash headspace to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash headspace. Come on. You know you wanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, let's go on to question number three. Hi, my name is Jacques, I'm from the United Kingdom, and I'm wondering how I can use mindfulness to help deal with pain and other uncomfortable physical sensations within my body. Ooh, a quick, okay. a quick but All very right. engaging <laughs> question. I was like, I was just settling in to really listen, and then I was like, oh, that's the question. Yeah, so, I love it. So Jack didn't, um, didn't give a whole lot. Didn't give a whole lot he's here. A, he's a man of few words. That's all <laughs> yeah. right. That's all right. We got a lot to work with. Yeah. So I mean, I, w- I would have some. <laughs> I would have some follow up <laughs> questions for for Jack. I would be curious as to what kind of pain mm. or discomfort he's dealing with. Um, is it acute? Yeah. Or is it is it a chronic type of pain that he's been dealing with for a long time? Well, let's make some assumptions. Let's start with chronic, and let's let's like okay. someone who's going through like chronic regular all the time you know i i I liken it to that that dull ache of a back pain that just is there with you and makes your life uncomfortable let's start there well chronic pain is is very different from acute pain Mm -hmm. because chronic pain it's that it's that animal that that allows you to just create all these stories you know i'm not able um, here it is again. I'll what's never wrong? be able to do this. It's, yeah. What's wrong with me? You know, that those type of... Why didn't um, I listen to my body? Why didn't oh, I... Yes, yes. Uh, whereas acute pain, acute pain is, is wild. We were talking about my tattoos. Yeah. that that That's acute pain. Yeah, that you can kind of, you can grind down and you can exactly. breathe through it. Because I know that there's a finish line. Yeah. You know, I know, okay, you know, a few more hours, uh, you know. Oh my god! I just had a childbirth flashback. Thanks, Kisanga. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "I'm gonna get through this. It's gonna right. be okay." Yeah, this, this is magical. That's what this they say. Is, you someone know. told me this is gonna be great. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So with Jack, with Jack, um, I, I am curious also if he has a a, a mindfulness or meditation practice already yes. in place. 
You know, he didn't, he didn't mention that. So, and if well, he does, how does it, you know, how does it look? Let's say he doesn't. What would you, what would you recommend? Or, or it's a waning practice. What would you recommend? I, I, I would, I would encourage him to, to, to step into his practice, mm-hmm. lean into his practice a little more. Um, especially because he's dealing with this, this pain and discomfort. Because another question I would ask him is what, if, what are his personal thoughts pertaining to his pain and discomfort? Say more about that. Well, you know, how, how does he view this this discomfort or this this physical ailment that he's dealing with? Mm. Is he optimistic about it? Is Does he have negative feelings about it? Is he f- facing it with resistance, you know, with yeah. those negative stories that we were talking about? Yep. And again, circling back to his practice, I would ask him, you know, how is your meditation practice going? How consistent is your practice? And so with pain particularly, consistency is so important. Consistency with your meditation practice and mindfulness practice. You know, tons of, tons, tons of research out there um, that points to the science behind mindfulness and meditation. So there's this this whole idea um, of neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. where which which states that with consistent practice, your brain actually changes. Yeah, the neural networks of your brain it changes with growth and um, with reorganization. Mm-hmm. So there are scientific studies out there that have proven that with consistent meditation practice, consistent mindfulness meditation practice, that your pain sensitivity actually decreases. So meaning that before the, the before the um, project, your pain sensitivity might have been at, at like a nine or a 10. Yeah. But then afterwards, after consistent practice for, you know, a set amount of time, you now rate your pain sensitivity at like a five. Yeah. So one of the best bits of advice that I ever got about pain management was from one of the nurses when I was in labor with my first kid. And it was something I had never thought about. Like a contraction was coming and I was like just clenched teeth, like tightening everything. And she just put her hands on my lower back and she said, she said, I know that this is going to be really counterintuitive. She said, but I want you to breathe into the pain. Yeah. And you know, she said, the more that you're clenching, the more that you're fighting it. She said, you're actually, it's going to be more painful. Yeah. And I, the resistance. Yeah. 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 And I, I didn't even know I was doing it, but it was like, I was holding on for dear life. And I have used that for the, for the next 14 years. Like when I go to the dentist and I'm a little scared or like for that acute pain that you were referring to, or anytime, like I'm about to get a shot, I, I, I I catch myself clenching and then Mm -hmm. I'm like, stop, breathe. And it's always better when I can release my muscles and, and calm myself down some, it seems like, so like that would be so obvious, but it really wasn't. I don't even think I had any going back to awareness. I had no awareness I was even doing it. Because pain is like that, right? Pain is that if there's anything that makes you automatically react, mm-hmm. it's physical pain. Sure is. It's physical pain, you know. But to highlight that formula we spoke to, it was a few episodes ago, where we talked about um, stress or pain. Mm-hmm times resistance mm-hmm. equals suffering, Yeah, right? Which basically just talks about the amount of resistance that you bring 
to the the stress or in this case the pain is just going to dictate how much you're going to suffer um, as a result of it. I don't think you could say that sentence too many times ever. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that's the kind <laughs> yeah. of thing that I would need on a banner everywhere I go, just like by me, just to just remind to me of right, that. Right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> stress times resistance equal, you know, it, it's just, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's magical. Yeah. You know, but this, this, this is a, a podcast, but so I can't really show you. But if you could visualize in your mind's eye a triangle, right? Okay. Um, this is kind of speaking to what you just talked about with your example of, of pregnancy and the contractions. If you could visualize a triangle, and in the center of this triangle is a circle. Okay. And at each apex, the three apexes of this triangle, you have your physical, mm-hmm. the other apex is your emotional, mm-hmm. and the other apex is your thoughts. Okay. So our behavior can start at any one of these apexes. It could be triggered by um, sadness. It could be triggered by a thought that pops into your mind. Or in this case, it's triggered by physical pain. Mm -hmm. So this physical pain can create all types of thoughts, negative thoughts that we may um, have as a reaction, self-deprecating thoughts, Mm -hmm. which leads to increased levels of strong emotions, whether it's frustration, anger, sadness, feeling sorry for yourself, yeah, which circles right back around to increased levels of that or perceived increased levels of that physical discomfort. So it's almost creating a cycle between the three apexes. Exactly. Yeah. Or the cycle might go in reverse. Yeah. But in the center of this triangle is a circle that allows us to perceive whatever is happening, whether it's a strong emotion, whether it's a strong stressor, a trigger, like in this case, physical pain, or whether it's a, a, a very strong reactive thought and allows us to just go from a 10 and bring it on down. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is in the center of this circle? And you kind of touched on it when you mentioned your contractions. I want to say, is it going to be like giving over to it? By by doing what? What did that nurse tell you to do? I feel like this is a test. Um, no, because breathe, breathing what, into it. Yes, breath. Your breath. I did it. I did it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so proud that, of myself. Because this is something that I teach in my class. And when you made, when you gave that example, it just made me think of the triangle. Mm. And in the center is is our breath. With practice, with our meditation practice, we become aware of when this come when these things come about, and then we're able to respond. <sighs> taking that breath. Yeah. And if that breath is not working, guess what? <sighs> <laughs> you can Next take breath. another breath. You Next can take breath. another breath, people, right? You know, so so that's definitely something that I would I would recommend um for Jack. Okay, Sangha, that was just, that was such a compelling conversation. Yes. Right? Especially just all that stuff about pain and awareness. I mean, it it can be so disruptive in our lives in so many ways. Like you said, it was so relatable. And something that I I think would would help anyone dealing with any type of pain is remembering that aspect of of self-compassion and self-love. So in the app, we have a loving kindness meditation 
that I think would be so spot on and so appropriate for anyone that's dealing with any type of pain because that self-love and self-compassion, that loving kindness is so important. Well, now I would like to take a moment. I want to thank Candice, Clemens, and Jack for trusting us with their questions. And I'm just making the shout out to anyone who is listening right now. If you have a question that you would like us to answer under your headspace, it's so easy. All you have to do is go to sayhi.chat slash dearheadspace. And that's in the show notes. (laughs) You follow the prompts, record your question. And if we use your question on the show, you're going to get three months of Headspace for free. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Robin. That's that's a great deal. And um, now as part of our practice together, we want to provide you with a little meditation moment just before you move on to your very next thing. And as you listen to the sounds of a very cozy fire in a home, just take a moment to process what you've heard today and transition from this moment into the next. And I invite you to just let your mind do whatever it wants to do. So till next time, stay happy, stay healthy. And remember to be kind to each other. Dear Headspace is a Headspace Studios original podcast. It's produced by Robin Hopkins, Ash Jones, and Scott Sorensen. It's executive produced by Morgan Selzer, Sarah Cohen, Baron Farmar, and Danny Christamy. It's hosted and produced by Robin Hopkins, Kesanga Giscombe, Dora Kamau, Samantha Snowden, and Eve Lewis Prieto. Sound recording and post-production is by Dan Kroll. Music is by Scott Sorensen and Chris Merguia. And a very special thanks to Colleen Lutz.